I hit record. So you we sure know did. it's recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I better open that thing that I read every time we do this thing. Because then I'll know what to say. That's why I wrote it down in the first place. Ayo. Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with the Scene. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, comments, and especially voice memos to Nassim. This show is best when you're involved. Contact info is on our website at terriblesexwithnasim.com. Nasim, how are you this week? I'm okay. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty good. You seem like your energy level is down. What's going on? Oh, there's just there's been a lot this week. It's been it's been a rough week, I'll be oh, honest no. with you. Yeah, and I'm feeling a kind of I apologize in advance if my voice sounds kind of weird. Um I'm having like some sinus stuff. I think it's allergies, but I'm just not feeling 100%, but we'll get there. But 87% Nassim is 100% better than 99% of people. <laughs> that might be the nicest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> some real math for you. Some real math. Is that that new like common core math, that new math? Definitely. That's new math for sure. That's new math. Well, I'm sorry you're feeling under the weather. We've had some sickness in and out of my house this week, too. But uh, at the moment, I think everybody's doing okay. Good. Good. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, with COVID kind of supposedly on a down tick, I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about how I'm just not feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fauci said that we're out of the pandemic in the U.S., I'm still not 100%. Not to say I'm not going to trust Fauci, but I'm feeling a little nervous. You know, like the CTA no longer requires masks. I flew back from Michigan like two weeks ago, and no one on the plane was wearing masks, and it just felt weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I understand. I've I've been trying not to wear a mask out in public, and it feels weird um i mean it's if i was in naked. a crowd yeah if i was in a crowd i'd put one on no problem but uh i feel like i'm just trying to get myself used to looking at lips and <laughs> smiling at people to emit I emotion i feel like i have to wear makeup now i went two years without doing anything to my face and now it's like oh now i have to somewhat look presentable I've never seen you not somewhat look presentable. Oh, Dan, you just handing out compliments today. At least not through our webcam to see. Oh, <laughs> that's also true. I get gussied up with my unbrushed hair just for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very, very, very much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I've just been struggling this week. I've been thinking a lot, you know, about polyamory. Honestly, I've been struggling with it the last 
few weeks. Um, you know, in my, the intro, you say that I'm a polyamory enthusiast, which is true, but I am not an expert. Listen, not by, not if we got to change shot. that fucking intro now after all, after five episodes, I don't know what we're going to do to see. No, it's fine. I am an enthusiast. I'm just, I'm not an expert. And by that, I mean, it's a lifestyle that has its challenges. And um, people think that polyamorous people don't experience jealousy. And, you know, they, we have this, like, perfect, um, like, we're so good at relationships and everything is perfect and we can navigate awkward interactions with people or our feelings don't get hurt and things like that. And none of that is true. There are definitely times when I get jealous and there are definitely times when I have hurt people's feelings or I've been, um, not the most forgiving or patient or understanding of like my partner's needs and vice versa. And, you know, it all comes down just like we talked to on the pod, I talk about on the podcast a lot is communication. Sure. And this polyamory journey is just that it is a journey and I am learning stuff along the way, just like our listeners. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to be real with you and our audience that like I make mistakes and it's okay. As long as, you know, you try to learn from them and be a better person and be good to yourself and your partners is the best way, you know, hand know how, and just, it's going to be okay. It's not always, (laughs) and this is me just talking to myself a lot of the time. Like it is going to be, okay even when it's hard that's all i've got i I think that's great Um, (laughs) yeah i mean i have nothing to add from (laughs) my absolute total lack of polyamory experience well i think that's also it's fine though because but you have struggles in a monogamous relationship i'm sure like every relationship has its ups its downs its ins and its outs you have disagreements there's lack of communication at times i mean i don't know your marriage i'm sure it's perfect but (laughs) i i think that every relationship has its trials whether it's with one person two people or five like there's going to be complexities everywhere and i think that polyamorous people get this reputation of not having those those negative moments and if you do have those, it means you're doing it wrong or you're not really poly. And I just want to dispel that for a minute at the opening of the show, just because it's something I'm dealing with right now. And I think other people can identify with it too. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I mean, it's certainly appreciated. And uh, I think you're right. People think, oh, polyamory sounds awesome. What what a carefree lifestyle that sounds totally wonderful and easy. and if I understand you correctly, you're suggesting that the grass is not 100% green on the other side. Is that, is, is that about right? Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, because I don't think anyone's lawn is perfectly green. We all have Plus, crabgrass somewhere. Or a dog named Dumpster that screws up the lawn all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> Dumpster. Oh, how's Dump doing? Um, you know, he's pretty happy and grumpy and slobbery. He, uh, my wife dropped three quarters of a Jimmy Dean breakfast corn dog earlier this week. And boy, that dog moved faster than I've seen him move in a real long time. And <laughs> my wife did not get that three quarters of a corn dog back. Of course not. <laughs> it went into the dumpster. <laughs> so. He ate that so fast. <laughs> good, you know, good, good boy, dump. Good boy. Yeah. He's 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 doing what he does. Good. Um, I would like to at some point have maybe a poly focused episode, just talking about it, not necessarily my experiences per se, but I think it would be a good one for the for the listeners. Anyway, it. but but that's besides the point. That's not what we're talking about today. I'm just in my feelings. So <laughs> feel those feelings. Let them out. Get oh, them out. There's so many. Um Yeah, but otherwise things are good. Uh my husband is actually coming to Chicago today. What? En route as we speak. Um he was just here like 2 weeks ago and yeah. then I went and then I went home for a spell. And now I'm back, and now he's coming back. Um, turns Let's get him out, on the podcast. That's the goal. He's, I mean, I don't know what he would talk about. Maybe um, you're not invited to that episode. Maybe it's just me and him breaking terrible it down. sex with Dan and Jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, or actually, you could still call it terrible sex with Nassim. So, um, my, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's coming and, uh, then I'll head back for a little bit. We just have some like house stuff we have to finalize. And I didn't realize I had this week off of work because I'm not organized at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't make any plans. So this is my new plan is hanging out with the husband. So that sounds lovely. Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be good. Um, But we're not talking about him today. Okay. What no. are we talking about? Dan, I think you actually already know this story. Well, I, I look forward to hearing it again. <laughs> we are, or I am going to talk about how I lost my virginity. Woo! Punching that V card. This week, <laughs> punching. Uh, terrible sex with Nassim. Punching that V card. Um, I always consider myself a late bloomer, but when I think about it, it wasn't that late. I was 20 years old. It's a reasonable amount of time, later than some, earlier than others. It's fine. Whenever you decide to have sex for the first time is right for you, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, I also really kind of hate the concept of virginity because I think it's a very strange thing that in our society we place so much, um, there's so much emphasis on having sex for the first time. Right. You know, you call it losing your virginity, first of all. Like, virginity is some some status that we have, right? And to give it up means something. Personally, and this is my opinion, I know other people feel differently about this, I don't think it's really giving anything up. I don't think it 
does anything. It, I felt no different the day before I had sex for the first time compared to the day after. Like I didn't, I don't feel like I changed in any significant way. Oh man, I got a swagger after that. Oh really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and we see it all the time in media, right? Like, um, what is it? She's all that, and I mean that's aging myself a little bit. But there's all these movies about and and, and TV shows and about losing your virginity. And honestly, who cares? Like, I certainly don't. Um, I mean, I get it as a society. That's something that we've placed importance on. But I just don't think it's that important. Well, I really appreciate uh, old Dan Savage's uh, uh, analogy to, uh, like, it. it's not a single thing. It's like a deck of cards. And uh, each time you try something new. You know, you get that card punched. It's not a single card, but like, eh, there's the oral sex card. There's the PNV card. There's the French kiss card. And sure. I can appreciate I mean, it's, that. It's kind of cool. Like when you try something new and like, oh, hey, I did that thing. And that's really awesome. But I think physical intimacy with a person for the first time can, you know, as we talked about, is awkward every time you do it. Um, and especially that first time. Right. So, but I don't think it, not to say it's not like an important moment in one's life, but I don't think it necessarily changes who you are. Um, totally. Does it have, does it have to be special if you want it to be, but doesn't have to be. I think people put a lot of stress on themselves because their first time has to be like really something yeah something. it's a lot like prom where like oh my god it's such a big deal you're all everybody's got a plan and get ready for prom and then like three years after prom you totally don't even give a shit about it at all like the next day i didn't give a shit about <laughs> it. um so anyway i was 20 years old and i was in college i was a junior in college was i a junior sophomore sophomore i was a i don't remember see this is what i'm talking about yeah. you never remember i was 20 how whatever grade i would have been in at 20 years old <laughs> it was march of 2007 i can tell you that yeah it's my birthday month yeah buddy um so i was at my college, we had a part of our curriculum was that we went on study abroad. And I didn't go the same time as everybody else. There were some issues with like my scheduling and the way I had done my, um, my major and minor, like I had switched so many times, like there was no way for me to go for as long as everybody else was going. So I just did a short term, three month uh, three month semester um, abroad, and I went to Germany, which was not my first choice, but I already spoke German, so I went to Germany. And I had no friends because I wasn't going with everybody else. I was going with like all the jocks because that's when the, all the athletes went abroad was during the same semester. So, and I was not friends with any of the athletes in my college, so I didn't know anybody. And I kept to myself a lot. 
And there was this guy who lived in my building. The way it was set up, we weren't in dorms or anything. We actually lived in flats. Um, that was They were still mostly students, but they didn't all go to the same school. Um, but they weren't all students. We had some older people living there, people in their tw- 20s, um, young professionals, things like that. We're in this apartment building. And in the basement of this apartment building, there was a bar. And I remember there was a pool table in the bar. And I went down there one night trying to be social. And I met this guy. And he was from Morocco. And uh, we chatted a little bit. And now it's interesting to note that he did not speak English. And I do not speak Arabic, unlike what my name would imply. Um, we only spoke to each other in German. Not the best German. <laughs> but enough so, German. Enough German to like be pleasant and like have a conversation um, and get to know each other. My German was much better then than it is now. So we meet, we become friendly towards one another, and then we start hanging out all of the time. And he lived, I want to say he lived a floor above me in my building. Anyway, we hang out. He starts making me dinner every night. Um, We are every place. In retrospect, it probably wasn't the healthiest of friendships because if I went anywhere he was like right next to me um he didn't really ever want to leave my side which at 20 years old never having had like a boyfriend or anything before I was like okay this is sweet this is nice this person is paying attention to me I was very insecure back then so (laughs) we uh go out a lot and stay in a lot and it's one night and we're at I believe it was my place we had dinner and he is saying something about how you know let me give you a back rub okay so he starts you know massaging my back and then I start feeling something wet slightly wet on the back of my neck and my shoulders. And I'm realizing that he's kissing me on my back. Was not expecting this at all. I should have suspected it because there was some indication in previous interactions that this was sort of the um, direction but I think he wanted to take things and I was just sort of along for it. And, and I had talked to my brother about this. We, this was back in the days when Skype was really popular. Ooh, Skype. Oh, Skype. So I'm Skyping with my brother about this guy. And he's like, big deal. He's like, you're in Germany. You leave in June. You never have to talk to him again or see him again. Like, what are you stressing out about? (laughs) That was my brotherly advice that was given to me. Sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. 
Um, so anyway, cut back to this evening. He is, you know, touching and kissing and the whatnot. And I'm very surprised for some reason, but I go along with it and I'm like, okay. And then I decide that I'm going to go along with it. I'm going to um, engage further with the fooling around. I don't think I, I don't believe I went down on him. Um, but I remember being on my back and he was on top and he was about to go in and somehow like he had condoms. So this was clearly like he had planned this at some point. It was in his, Man, he probably planned it when he was 14. <laughs> he was like, he was prepared for it to go down this path because he had condoms on. Even though he claimed to be a staunch Muslim, but we won't even go into that. <laughs> so he, uh, and I decide in that moment, okay, Nassim, you're 20 years old. You've never really been in a relationship. You've never had sex. You don't know if you're ever going to again. Like this may be your one opportunity. <laughs> And, you know, you're in a foreign country with a, you know, a foreign man. You're a foreigner here. This will be a great story one day. (laughs) And here we are. And here we are. And, uh, yeah. So he, um, you know, proceeded to penetrate. And it was... I mean, it, it was the first time. It was, it was not great. <laughs> it was just, you know, it's it, it, for me, it was a bit painful. Um, there was no blood or anything. Sometimes people might have some bleeding, but there was none of that. And um, he was fully satisfied <laughs> with the experience. I less so. Um also, I didn't know what I wanted, right? I was not a very sexual person at that time of my life. Wanted to be. Thought about it all the time. You know, I'd been thinking about sex since I was 12 years old um, and never engaging in any kind of physical intimacy with, I mean, clearly not when I was 12, but like, you know, my teen years and um never really kissing a boy, like none of that stuff, but always thinking about it. I read like smutty novels when I was in high school, like visualizing, like fantasizing about um, what it would be like. And of course it's nothing like that. Um, and it was, it was fine. It was fine. Now keep in mind, the thing you need to remember is we did not speak the same language literally or in any other aspect of the quote unquote relationship um so i wasn't even if i knew what my needs were i would have no real way of communicating them um and you know that that relationship if you will continued for the rest of the time i was in germany now this started Oh, the beginning of my trip. This was like, I don't know, three weeks in. Uh huh. 
And this continues until I leave. And he's fully invested. At one point, he asked me to marry him. I have this photo. I know. I have this photo of us by the Rhine River in Bonn. And he's got his arm around me. And I look so uncomfortable (laughs) because he had just asked me if I would marry him. And I'm like, "Mm, probably not for these reasons. Um, But it was just, it was weird. It was weird. And it was not life-changing. It was not spectacular. It was something I did because I wanted to get it over with. And I was just like, why is this such, why is this such a milestone? Right. Because it didn't feel like one for me. And maybe that's different for other people. I'm sure it is. I'm sure there are people who plan it out, who have their sweetie, you know, they date for a while and then they decide, yeah, this is going to be it. And good for you if that's your situation and you're happy with how it ended up. Awesome. And maybe it's because of that, my experience with my virginity, that I don't think anything of having sex for the first time or having sex at all because like it didn't it never mattered to me it never mattered to me when i was gonna have sex as long as i did (laughs) right (laughs) and i did and i continue to and it's much better now than it was then (laughs) so much better (laughs) so much better it's actually funny so in a couple i think it was a couple episodes ago maybe our first one we had talked about if anyone says that like the first time you have sex, it's never good. Well, a friend of mine was listening to the pod with their brother, I want to say. And the brother was saying how that's, that's not true. I was so good at sex. My girlfriend told me I was great <laughs> the first time. And then like immediately I talk about if anyone says that you had your first time was great, they're lying to you. And I guess this guy's face just completely fell. (laughs) (laughs) My friend told me that story and I thought it was worth a good chuckle. (laughs) So that's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not any, like, it's not a spectacular story, but it wasn't a spectacular event. And I don't think that, Sex, particularly the first time, should be a spectacular event. I think that if you hold it up to a certain standard or a certain pedestal in your mind, that you're going to be disappointed. Uh, I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. And that goes with really any experience in your life. If you've got high expectations for it, like it's not going to be that good. No. What is it? Um, expect the what is it? Expect the best, prepare for the worst, or I'm getting it wrong. I might be saying that wrong. I think that that's correct, but I just don't know if that applies. Uh, prepare, prepare for the. Expect the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah, yep. Although I think that in this in this sense, expect the worst, prepare for the best. Yeah. All right. I think that sounds way better. Works for me. I like it. Awesome. Yeah, well, man, 
fucking first times. Crazy. First times. There's, and then there's always like, I've heard stories of people who don't even know if they had sex for the first time. They're like, I think he was in me or, (laughs) or something along those lines. Or I didn't, or some people don't think things count if they didn't have an orgasm. Oh, it's not sex if you didn't orgasm. Just let's just say this right out the gate. That is a false statement. And you've heard that story before, I think. I think on your other podcast, I told that story. Is that where? Yeah, I've heard part of that for sure. I've heard part of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to him, though. Sometimes I think about. Let's look him up on the Facebook. Let's get him on the pod. I don't remember his name. (laughs) Does anybody? Well, listen. You know what? I remember. Holy crap. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you got really excited. I'm holding. What am I holding? I think this is no lie. This is no lie. We have like six international listens so far. Pretty sure one's from Morocco. And I'm looking right now. (laughs) I had pulled it up before because I was going to like talk about that at the top of the show. And that was one of the things that got closed. Oh, oh no. look at right now. I got again. I remember his I remember his first name. We definitely, definitely have a listener in Morocco. Well <laughs> Mustafa, <laughs> if you're listening to this. Drop us a line right there at terriblesexmenaseem.com. If you know English now. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, Mustafa, my friend. We got to get you on the show. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we we really don't. It's okay. So. Ooh. Was it Mustafa or Mufasa? Mufasa was from The Lion King. Then it was Mufasa because I remember everyone saying, oh, like from The Lion King. <laughs> I don't remember. It was one of the two. <laughs> well, we just blew it for not sharing real names sorry i doubt i doubt he's listening yeah you're right it's probably not the listener from morocco probably not it's totally him he's been following you for years on instagram oh god probably on facebook Mm-hmm. i think he actually is a facebook friend now that i think about it Dude, this is totally him. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Hope you're doing well out there in Morocco. I hope you're doing well in Morocco or wherever you may be. Maybe you he's know, in Morocco. Morocco's... The internet says okay. he's listening right from Morocco. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to you. Yes. And punching. It's dedicated to you for punching my V card in Germany. All those years ago. Thank you for doing me this service. Because if not for you, I would not be who I am today. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you for all of your service. Mustafa and if not for that, Mufasa, <laughs> my Moroccan friend. Our Moroccan friend, yes. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. That was that was that terrible story. 
That's a great, terrible story. <laughs> and that's totally him listening. You know, I hope so. I hope so. Well. The listenership in Morocco is about to jump tenfold. Totally. We're huge in Morocco. Let's see. We're huge in Switzerland. Bangladesh. Two downloads from there. The United Kingdom. Man, we are worldwide. I'm like Pitbull. Yeah, with more hair. (laughs) A lot more hair, I imagine. (laughs) I was just thinking about the end of last episode. (laughs) He spent 20 minutes talking about waxing assholes. (laughs) Guaranteed, Pitbull doesn't need that advice. He's been doing that for years. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, so we got any questions today? <laughs> you ready to move on? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm very ready to move on. <laughs> All right. We sure do, Nassim. And I got a quick one for you here. Okay, well. This one, I can this one came make... in live to you through social media. Really? Hey, Nassim. Can all men twitch their dicks on command? What do you know about that, Nassim? I, I have, I'm going to say this, I have no idea. Um, and you call yourself an aspiring <laughs> sexual educator? <laughs> I don't think that one's talked about in class. <laughs> um, so, twitching your dick, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> that's a hard maybe because there are i mean there's nerve endings down there it's like how some people can twitch their ears on command and some people can't i think it's sort of the same true for your your dick i think it's more everybody i i I think it's more aligned with uh like kegels like yeah you can do it i'm doing it right now (laughs) i was just gonna ask you if you could Uh, if you can twitch your dick on command, well, it, you stumped me. This is this is the question that has stumped me right out the gate. I don't know the answer, and I'm gonna defer it to someone who does have a dick. Dan, yeah, producer I, Dan. I can't speak for all men, but I can speak for one, and the answer is definitely. There you go. Heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to something I might actually yeah. know. <laughs> all right, this I love this question. Okay. I haven't read it all. But the first line is great. Dear Nassim, is my penis small or do I just have huge hands? So I've measured my penis using rulers and stuff, and it should be pretty average, especially in Asia. Around four to somewhere over five inches. But for some reason I notice that when I masturbate. My hand completely covers the thing like it's a micro penis and I barely have any distance to shake it. I think the word is maybe this is our, uh, one of our foreign listeners. So is my penis really small or do I just have some fucking huge hands of some kind? Does anyone else suffer from the same problems? I'm sure people do experience this. I'm not going to call it a problem. 
because it's not, it's your penis and there's nothing wrong with it. Size, shape, it serves its purpose. It does the job. It's a perfectly fine penis. Now, I th- if I understand correctly, you are com- you are of Asian descent. This listener is, and that's that's what um, I gathered. And he's saying that the average Asian penis is smaller. This is this is the writer saying this. This is not me. Um, uh, do you have a? I I mean. I, <laughs> Without seeing it, I can't tell you. Well, um, I, what I appreciate is I'm that not he... suge- I'm not suggesting he sends me a photo of his penis. <laughs> for the record, I'm not terriblesexwiththescene.com. <laughs> Please don't send me your dick pics. I get enough of those on Tinder. Thank you. Um, so the average dick size is five inches, five to six inches. So is it a little? Below average, yeah, maybe. Um, but are your hands big? Maybe. Um, it, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like an average, maybe below average penis. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, just, the man sent some a- empirical data. It is between four and five inches, which. Average size, according to Google, 5.1 to 5.5 inches. So we're going to round that into 5.2. No, 5.3. 5.3. Average size. So slightly below average. But, man, if you got big Who hands, cares? it's going to cover that up. Great question. Yeah, for sure. It's a great question. And, like, honestly, dick size doesn't matter. Ultimately, I mean... And if you feel like it does, if your partner feels like it does, there's other things you can do. Get a dildo. Ain't no problem with toys in the bedroom, people. Nope. No problem with toys. Put your hand in there, too, while you're at it. Like, there's so many things you can do to um, enhance the sexual experience with more than just your dick, regardless of the size. Next question. Hi, Nassim. Okay, so I'm 16, and I want to buy a sex toy, maybe a vibrator. In Spencer's in the local mall, is there any age requirement? Will they need ID? Thanks. I mean, I know for an actual sex store, like a Lion's Den or um, a Lover's Lane or something along those lines, you do need to be 18. For in the mall... I think you have to be 18 as well. I believe they have to card you for that. But call your local Spencers um, and find out. They would know better than I would. Um, I am not a retailer. But a lot of um, retailers and vendors for sex toys do require that you be 18. And a lot of that is because in those stores, there's also pornography. And that you definitely have to be 18 in order to consume. So um, if it's a store like Spencer's in the mall, I would give them a call first and ask. And, you know, it's not something you need to be embarrassed about. You can just say, hey, do I need to be 18 to buy a personal 
item or an adult novelty. That's a, another verb you, you can use is do I need to be 18 to purchase an adult novelty item? And they can tell you yes or no. Um, they may ID you. Um, but it's like, it's like just because you go to the grocery store at 16 years old does not mean you can buy a package of cigarettes at 16 years old. There are certain items that are still considered contraband, even though they're in it. They're in a public store. So give them a call. Don't be embarrassed. Um, but I will say good on you for being 16 years old and uh, seeking out the things that will help you learn about your body and give you pleasure at this age instead of depending on somebody who doesn't know your body to give that to you at this age. I think that's super important. Um, I'm a big proponent of masturbation, um, especially for teenagers. Honestly, I think that it's um, a good and safe way for people to learn about themselves and the things that they like um, without the risks associated with sex with another person, especially at that age. So good for you. I applaud your choice and the things that you're trying to do. But you may just have a little trouble having access to that at this point. But give it a try. And you can also get in line. And there's some fantastic retailers that are all about ladies owned and ladies selling things to gals that might be up your alley, too. And they could probably point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Babeland, Come As You Are. Those are two that I know off the top of my head. And I'm going to pop a list to our show notes too that might be helpful to you so uh if you're not getting the answers you want from spencer's and let's face it they probably don't have the best selection go to a place that specializes in what you need there'll be a couple things in our show notes all right you ready for another nasim i'm absolutely ready for another one dan hi nasim what are some good brands and sites for sexy slutty but still comfortable panties specifically thongs Sexy design, but good quality and nice material. Oh, wow. So many options. Okay. You want... So everybody's got a different definition of sexy. You want comfortable, sexy. Sometimes being comfortable is sexy. Hell yeah, it is. Um, and so the first thing that pops into my head is Parade. Parade is a line um, that... They have all different kinds of uh, styles. They have, you know, briefs. They have hipsters. They have um, cheeky, they, which is my personal favorite. And they have a thong as well. And they're in like a variety of different colors, like pastel colors. Um, very fun. They're very comfortable. Um, pay attention to sizing, though. Their sizes uh, can be a little bit um, on, I think they run a little small, but uh, check out the size guide there. Um, if you want something a little bit flashier than that and are willing to pay a little bit more money, there's a website called Adore Me. Um, there's Nashville Darlin, um, based out of Tennessee. There's um, Oh my gosh, there's so many. There's 
I'm drawing a blank. I will put up a list in the show notes. Um, there's a lot of great uh, lingerie styles, um, brands, things that can cost you relatively inexpensive to, you know, you're putting down quite a bit of money, like um, for some higher end, less comfortable, but more fancy, sexy kind of look, if that's what you're into. Um, if you are trying out lingerie for the first time, you can do what I did and go on Shein. Is it Shein? Shein. I can never pronounce it. Um, S-H-E-I-N. And you can get some pretty decent things. Um, and they come in an all, a whole range of styles. But you can get a piece for under $10. So they have a wide range of selection. Um, and they're fun, they're flirty, they're pretty comfortable. Um, you, again, you may have to experiment with sizes and they're not like the best quality in the world, but if you're just, I mean, it's probably going to end up on the ground anyway, or like you're going to wear it for a photo shoot or something. Why spend all that money? Just get something cheap off Shen. Have a good time. What great advice. And then when you're done with them, you can sell them on Sniffer. Make that 10 bucks back <laughs> real fast. <laughs> exactly. There's all kinds of accounts um, and places you can sell your underwear and socks and things um, for uh, a dime. And Sniffer is one of them. Ooh, that leads right into our next question. Okay. Hey, Nassim, do you sell your panties on Sniffer? <laughs> uh why are you looking to buy some really weird that he just uh, wrote that yes. <laughs> we got these questions are coming in on real time uh i have not sold anything on sniffer however i do have a sniffer account because i have considered it um i have thought about it I made an account on there about a year and a half ago and just never really bit the bullet on it. Um, I was looking around at some of the things that other people sell and whew, it is, it is fascinating. It's fascinating to me because people will sell like their wedding garments, like the undergarments they wore on their oh wedding day goodness. for hundreds of dollars. Uh, you can sell someone sold their like period underwear for quite a bit of money because, you know, people are into whatever. Our world's people infinite are, variety of sexuality. Exactly. There are people with an interest in a lot of different things. And some of those things include used undergarments um, and socks and stockings and things like that as well. So no, I have not personally sold anything on Sniffer. I don't think I will, but I do have an account and sometimes I like to go on there and just because for my own curiosity... I like to see what's on the market. Well, I'm sure uh, you might have some items for sale as soon as we open up our. Um... <laughs> oh shit! What's that website? 
our 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 our, our <laughs> Patreon account. <laughs> we'll, we'll add it to the merch table if we ever do a live show. <laughs> It'll probably just be my underwear up there. <laughs> What's great though too is I've heard of people who like they don't even sell their own underwear. They'll just like buy underwear that's like super cheap that they find that's like you know four sizes too small or something and they'll just you know run it through the washer or something and make it seem like it's used and just sell that (laughs) which is you know it's super scammy but if you like what you got in the mail then Uh, does it matter i hope i hope you enjoy your purchase Enjoy your purchase. Enjoy your sales. Make that bread, boys and girls. And non-binary folks. What a perfect spot to leave it this week, Missy. <laughs> My perfect is, is perfect the word you would use, Dan? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. Okay. That's... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Cool. Well, we'll do it again next week. We sure will. Nassine wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassine is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.